How are we doing, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and with me, as usual, is my co-host, Nano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey. How are we doing, brother? Doing great, brother. Great to see you. It's been a little while. Great to see everybody. We're back like we never left, baby. Come on. It has been a minute, my friend, uh, but we are back in it like we never left. As you said, uh, had a nice little week off. We are feeling rejuvenated, That's ready right. to go, uh, ripping and roaring and ready to go. But no shortage nice, of UFC notes, I must say. Man, it was a nice it was a nice week of fights uh, between the tough uh, situation that we saw last week, as well oh. as the fight card that we saw on Saturday. Um I say we go ahead and just jump in right from the bottom of Saturday's card and we work our way up to tough. What do you think? Let's do it. Awesome. So uh, jumping right into things, we started the day off with Juliana Killer Miller coming in against Luana Santos. Uh, I'll be honest. I I wanted to see Juliana Miller bounce back. I wanted to see her have a, a good showing this time around. But, you know, here's the thing, man. I'm starting to think that maybe she got hit by the good old Icarus effect, my guy. I'm Uh-oh. thinking maybe she got pushed too far, too fast, and um, maybe she needed a little bit longer to, you know, hone the skills and, and sharpen the blades before jumping into the UFC because, man, she got pieced up. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, <clears throat> it was exactly that. And uh, before I go into my spiel here, thank you for pulling that up. Shout out, Amy, for noticing if you're watching or if you're listening in. We got the tanks on today. A little sun's out, guns out. I don't know if it's all this heat here in Arizona or in San Diego. It's always a sunny day, so might as well have the tank on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? A little bit of an Icarus effect here. Uh, and maybe partially we got to give maybe more credit to Luana Santos, right? Another tough Brazilian girl coming out. Um, put us on notice, right? Uh, for as short as the fight was to have over 100 strikes thrown, be landing at a 60% clip. And to put away a, a Juliana Miller, who, yeah, at one point was getting a lot of hype. But, man, hype train ended quickly. And uh, like you mentioned here, 25 to 64 on strikes landed. I mean, oof, brutal, brutal outing for our girl there. Um, but a great performance by Lu- Luana. I mean, what what, what stood out to you on that fight? Same thing. I mean, uh, Luana looked absolutely incredible. She showed that she is a very, very game opponent. She's ready to go at all times. And uh, again, she she made Juliana Miller look like she didn't belong in the UFC, unfortunately. And I I, I say that as a Juliana Miller fan. So um, on to the next one. Looking forward to see what this six and one phenom can do next. Um, yeah. Again, for, for Luana Santos, it seems like maybe the sky is the limit. Uh, again, we might be jumping the gun here because she just fought, you know, a tough alum who is coming off of a tough loss herself, right? But even before then, like she's coming off two back-to-back wins in LFA, um, one by way of decision, one by way of technical submission. She got a guillotine uh, on her young lady. Um, again, very well-rounded. She's got one KO, three submissions, two decisions to her name. Only has one loss, came by way of decision, which means she's stuck in there till the very end. Uh, I, looking forward to see who the matchmakers put her up against next. 23 years old, man. Everything's in front of her. So a lot of fun matchups. Let's, uh, I'm excited to see her get back in there quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to actually let you take the lead on this next one. Uh, we had, we had what the third person to ever pull off a twister in UFC history. And then the next one, Damon Blackshear against Damone. Jose Johnson. Damon is Damon. He is the man. I love this guy, man. Yeah. Great performance by a uh, Damon Blackshear. 
uh yeah i mean pick it up where we left off and a first round finish here another one i think this fight card almost broke a record for the most first uh round finishes on a uh, fight card so that was exciting to see up until it got jinxed at the end there but we'll uh we'll get there eventually but uh damon blackshire yeah really strong performance by him uh he's been able to take down all four of his opponents and really just have his will i mean yeah to pull off the twister move to have the the wear a fall i mean to be able to what maybe be practicing that and you know and drilling it down to be able to throw it in in real life i mean that shows how how confident he is there how much of a dog he is and he, had, he brought a lot of violence with him too and speaking of uh having a quick turnaround i mentioned hopefully to see luana come back quickly breaking news here Demond yeah, breaking Blackshear. news here. Hold on, hold on. We got to play the breaking news here. Uh, let's see. Where's the, where's the up? Where's the news clip? Uh, there it clip is. Clip it. Sounds like you already know the news. I thought I was going to break the news to you, my guy. Let's hear it. Well, hey, man, I mean, not to steal anyone's thunder here. We could both elaborate. But yeah, uh, Demond Blackshear is stepping in on short notice to replace Cody Garbrandt against Mario Batista in this upcoming UFC event in Boston where Sugar Sean O'Malley's fighting this Saturday. We're talking a week away from his last fight. Crazy. What a dog. Going to put the glasses on and uh, watch that fight that we saw this Saturday Jeez. back since we're going to need to do a breakdown on... Uh... Mario Bautista versus Jamon Blackshear. Let's go. Let's My go. My gosh. Phenomenal, Hell of a man. turnaround. Hell of a quick turnaround. As you said, breaking news that literally just came out about 49 minutes ago, I think, was when it was confirmed. Uh, so, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. We got to it before Hawani, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, the first and, and only ever time. Uh, that go. being said, the man is an absolute beast. As you said, he brought the violence and... Um, when it came to his opponent, he brought some silence, man. He he shut him down. Um, to be honest, if, if you know, if it was me, I, I would have just let him snap my my spine and been a paraplegic. Um, no, that, I'm assuming that's what some of the Twitter guys that have never been put in that kind of a situation or submission before were thinking. But folks, if you've never done grappling, just stop. <laughs> um, Mary literally like now when she sees people getting choked, she's like, "Yep, fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> like once you've done even just one percent jujitsu class, you realize it. There's they feel very scary when you get put in those vice grips, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you're in deep waters like that, and again, something to have pressure on your spine, anything there, that's immediate tap, right? I mean, it's I'm, different. The, the average person is probably gonna be quick to tap when, yeah, they're on your juggler or they're cutting off the arteries there to the brain. You're you're gonna want to tap, or they're cranking your arm, or you feel your knee getting bent the wrong way. Or your ankle, anything. Yeah, you're gonna want to tap pretty quick, but the spine, forget about no, it. No chance, no, no chance. chance. And honestly, like you, you ask anybody that's ever grappled before, like what are the worst submissions to be put in? It's the lulling submissions, in my opinion. Like the ones that you don't feel like are that dangerous until the last second. You're like, oh shit, 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 shit. Like a uh, a triangle choke or an arm triangle. Like I I, I tell Mary, like it, you have this like soft piece of flesh against you versus. When you're getting guillotined, when you're getting rear naked choked, right? Like RNC, you feel the blade of the wrist driving in. Like I've shown you these things, right? Like, oh yeah, I felt them. It's uncomfortable, right? As soon as that blade touches your throat, you're like, I don't like this. I need to tap. This sucks. But when someone's pushing like the softer, like kind of 
fluffier part of themselves or like getting you with like the thicker part of their legs, you don't realize that the blood isn't getting to your brain. And then all of a sudden you're like, like you just feel all these receptors go off and trigger and you're like, error, error, something's wrong. <laughs> and that's why it's usually that panicky, like, okay, okay, I'm there, I'm there. And like I'm right away, you, bro, otherwise they go out. It's yeah. yeah. Yes, like next time, watch, next time somebody gets like an arm triangle, pay attention to the how different the tap is. Cause like, and, and it might take longer to come, but it's like that instantaneous, like, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Like, this, is, this is bad. <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm seeing stars. And, yeah. and the twister is like that, too. Because, like, again, it's it's very much like an arm bar. Like, when you feel that someone's about to snap your arm, it's pretty instantaneous where you're like, I need to tap. This is going to be very bad for me. Because oh, yeah. it's not just a, I'm going to go to sleep and wake up. The twister, like, you'll literally, like, rip somebody's spine in half, man. Like, you're working uh. their whole body in two different directions. So... Super, super stoked for Demont Blackshear. Um, the fact that he's stepping in is is absolutely wild. Um, the fact that it's a bantamweight fight, I I'm wondering if it's going to be bantamweight because making that guy cut to 135 again, just like not even seven days later, it, that's tough, man. It's a tough ask. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, you 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 bounce back so quick on fight night, right? You gain at least yeah. maybe five, ten, fifteen pounds sometimes. Sometimes and, 25. Yeah. So maybe, and this all happened pretty quick. So, you know, depending on where Mario is in his cut, maybe they do decide on a catch weight somewhere, just make it easier for them both. Where can we I both mean, get down? At least like 138, 139. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even be mad at like a 140. Yeah. Because that extra five pounds, you know, for both of them, I mean, that's usually the hardest. Yeah. So maybe it's like, hey, let's not kill ourselves. We'll get down to like a catch weight. Um, and you know, no, no ramifications. I mean, it's the last minute opponent demands the man and uh, stepping in here. So let's uh, roll with the guys and let's keep let's keep the fight going. Show must go on. Absolutely. I just hope he negotiates for himself a little bit because, like, literally, Tim Kennedy posted, I think, what this uh, last week about himself being basically pressured into taking a fight after his opponent had pulled out and he didn't have a fight uh, as a result. And they asked him to take a fight the very next week against Kelvin Gaslam. I don't know if you remember that fight, but Kelvin fucking smashed him, bro. Yeah, and, and that kind of launched Kelvin to that his, launched you know. Kelvin's career in a sense. And it, it was the beginning of the end for Tim Kennedy. And Tim openly admits he felt like trash because he cut weight two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. And dude. Tim Kennedy's like different. He's he's thick. <laughs> he's, he's, thick. he's built different though, dude. He's 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 a, he's, he's, a, he's, uh, he's a man. Different kind of man. Yeah. So for him to say that, that's how you know it's real. 100%. That's what I'm saying. He he said it in uh, in in regards to all the kind of back and forth going on between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson not mm. getting paid and Dana saying like we're not just going to pay somebody two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's not how it works, unless they're one of the Nelk boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so moving into the next fight, we had Jacqueline Amarim coming in against Montserrat Ruiz. Um, man, honestly, this was an incredible fight. I thought like Jacqueline just looked absolutely incredible. Like 20 to 141 strikes landed. Um, it doesn't get much more picture perfect than that. And the, the chick is an absolute dog. And the crazy thing is like coming into the UFC full disclosure. I was like, I mean, she has like one knockout to her name. It was in LFA. Like no offense. LFA is actually a very sick promotion, especially like they're a great feeder promotion for the UFC. That being said, most of the women that come in from LFA that have knockouts on their career, multiple knockouts uh, in LFA, 
they typically will come in and never get a knockout in the UFC a lot of times, more, more often than not. Her only having one and having uh, just a full pocket full of uh, submission wins in the LFA, I was thinking, okay, she's a submission phenom. She's going to come in here and basically be a, a, a grappler who's very, very proficient with submission threats on or off the back. That being said, holy shit, brother. <laughs> elbows, punches, <laughs> knees and toes, man. Um, the, the elbows, she put the punches, them on her, huh? they were nasty, Jeez. dude. She was putting in work. She made it look easy against someone that actually has had a pretty damn decent showing in the UFC, you know, um, up until she went against Amanda Lemos, which most people that go against Amanda Lemos get, get worked, right? Like she came in against Cheyenne Vlismus, um, formerly known as Cheyenne Bays, whose ex-husband fought on this card uh, on Saturday that we're talking about. And I mean, like she she just laid on top of Cheyenne and made it look easy for three rounds. Got a unanimous decision on short notice, easy money. Um, and then fast forward ahead, literally just like a year and a half. And uh, man, Jacqueline just put it on her, made her look like it was amateur hour. How did you feel about that fight? And what do you think should be next for Jacqueline? Yeah, sky's the limit for this girl, right? I mean, another strong Brazilian prospect here, you know, 28 years young. Um, exciting to see, you know, the talent that's coming out of there. Again, you know, Brazilian, or I guess from Brazil, there's so many talented fighters historically. And now we're seeing the new cr uh, cream of the crop here, apparently. Um, but I guess one thing that stood out to me here and, and, you know, outside of the fight itself, the fact that she's fighting with American top team probably should have been a dead giveaway that she's going to be ready to go. You know, that camp there in, in uh, Florida, they don't mess around. They got a lot of good talent there. Iron sharpens iron, like we love to say around here. So we know that she's getting some good reps. And, hey, it clearly showed out, right? You, we might have had that concern. Is she going to be one-dimensional, right? More of a specialist? No, she's just a savage. She's just ready to come out and beat some women up and uh, do it in, in a, a spectacular fashion. So really exciting to see that. Um, just the ability to, to go, you know, uh, get the win in the third round here, go the distance, maintain that gas tank and just pure dominance. Right. I mean, it was good against a tough opponent. Right. And hey, coming off a loss in her UFC debut, like you mentioned, coming from LFA uh, name, we're starting to see a lot here nowadays. Um, you know, good little launching pad for a lot of uh, young UFC prospects. But again, she's she showed out and uh, really impressive. I think we have her. Here in Tapology, she's ranked 32nd. Throw her in there against a top 25 person. Let's see what she can do. Yeah. Uh, she's she's 32nd on Tapology, and she's 34 on rankingsmma.com. Um, they're a pretty trustworthy site, in my opinion. It's basically, I, I believe, like fan-voted across the board for the most part. Uh, nice. They do a really good job. Um, yeah. That being said, I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't think that it'd be a bad idea to hand her to a top 25-er. Um, Yasmin Juraguay, Makes a lot of sense coming off of a loss to Denise Gomes, um, sitting at 24 herself. Denise Gomes sitting at number 23, uh, coming off two back-to-back -back wins, one over Bruno Brazil, another over, as I said, Yasmin Uruguay. Uh, If you don't want to skyrocket her into the top 25, maybe you slow roll her. I, I'm not mad at a Vanessa Demopoulos uh, who's sitting heftily at number 29 here. Little Monster Demo, uh, one of my favorite people I got to meet at International Fight Week. She is just an absolute pleasure. I, um, If you told me there was a drug I could do that would give me the amount of energy that she has, I would do it because um, her energy is just incredible and intoxicating. Shout out uh, Vanessa D. That being said, 
I would I would pay for that fight. I think that'd be a fantastic fight. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I love that matchmaker over here. I agree. Um, awesome. So moving into the next one, uh, Josh Parishian versus uh, Martin Bidet. You know, we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about it because the fight really didn't last that long. It was only about four. It was less than four and a half minutes. It was like four minutes, 11 seconds. A uh, nice little submission win for Martin Bidet, who, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like he needed that win in the UFC. Um, I mean, he was already on a three fight win streak. But let's be honest, like he needed to get a finish in the UFC he got a really nice finish to get his way into the UFC on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, he had a nice little knee TKO, and he proved that he can get it done in other ways. He had a beautiful Kimura set up there against Josh Parisian. And Josh is, uh, you know, he's not the best heavyweight fighter in the world, but he's a very game fighter, and he's a very well-rounded fighter. Um, I, I didn't see that fight going that way, I'll be honest with you. I would have probably, uh, if I was betting on it, I wouldn't have bet against uh, Martin Bidet, but I, I probably would have taken the over. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, Bidet, uh, Slovakian fighter here. Don't hear that too often. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, has shown to be more of either a knockout guy or be able to go the distance. You know, seven knockouts in his career, four decision wins as well. Uh, and this was only a second uh, submission victory. So, yeah, again, not something you would have expected. Probably got some good odds there on the DK. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, hey, talented fighter. Um, good record there, 13-1. and one. Uh, didn't you know? Didn't take too much damage there, and hey, avoiding injuries. You know, maybe we could see him again. Maybe start of next year. Maybe get him on another, um, you know, prelim to a pay per view or a fight night. But um, yeah, man. Hey, thirty one years old, November eleventh. Okay, the day before my birthday. So Scorpio, I like it. I'll root for him there. Here we go. <laughs> Love it. Love to hear it. Um, yeah, I. Uh... I don't think we need to play matchmaker for this one. I mean, heavyweight is uh, a place where, honestly, if you get a, a flashy win, you can fight anybody in the top 10. They should make that a slogan for heavyweight. <laughs> you get an impressive win, you fight for the top 10. Uh, <laughs> moving, I'll wear that shirt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, moving forward, we had another one that didn't last much longer than the one we're going over just now. Uh, it was a featherweight bout between Francis, the fire marshal, coming in against Isaac Dolgarian. Isaac Dolgarian, a perfect 6-0 and record. Uh, he came into this one 5-0. and The man got it done, and not only did he get it done, but, man, the Midwest Choppa <laughs> came out there, and he fought that guy like he owed him lunch money, my guy. Jeez, <laughs> fuck. What a nickname, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a nickname. Oh, man. The Midwest Choppa coming out of here. With the, was the, obviously, the Midwest, but, um, <laughs> yeah, strong performance. 27 years old, 6-0. and Man, a lot, a lot, a lot of great stuff here. That that one forty five division stacked. It's it's tough to again play matchmaker here in these scenarios. But dude's a dog, man. That was a great performance by the Midwest Chapa. Currently the on Midwest Chapa. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, great fight though. That was a fantastic fight, dude. Um, he TKO'd him. He got some really nice punches and elbows. Honestly, the uh, the strike differential another really crazy one. If we're looking at significant strikes, we're talking two to thirty-five. And if we're talking total strikes, brother, we're looking at eleven to sixty-one here. Um and, and the craziest thing is like the man landed sixty-one punches. He only threw eighty-three. It's a seventy-three point five percent clip. Are wow. you kidding me? Wow. 
the accuracy on that is just absolutely nuts, my guy. Yeah, 66% significant strikes, 35 for 53. I mean, come on. He's he's throwing with a purpose, man. Throwing with vengeance. Sun's out, guns out episode. Let's go. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just trying to intimidate you for the upcoming fantasy season, Drew. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. We ain't messing around. Ready for the combine. No, it's good. <laughs> Dude, no joke. I uh so we were we were you know, we're going out of the country next week, literally, which feels absolutely insane. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Thursday. So exciting. Um, first time. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, so every video that we're we're watching is basically saying, like, it's gonna be very hot, it's gonna be very sunny. Make sure you bring a hat. And my very white self, I'm gonna burn. So like I got a hat with like the full round, you know, not just the front, not just the okay, back. Okay, okay. Um and you know, because because fantasy season's coming up, I had to order a Saints one. You know, it's uh, there. We go. It's pretty Nola. tough. It's pretty yeah, tough. There we go. I'm stoked, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, awesome, can't man. wait. Um, super super stoked. We have a little MMA uh, MMA group chat or MMA f- group friends uh, fantasy league going on. We're calling it the UFC, the Ultimate Fantasy League, or no, the Ultimate Fantasy Championship. Championship. <laughs> My God. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, um, and I'm also <laughs> so nervous about an 18-hour um, flight. <laughs> Start talking about that trip. How your brain went elsewhere for a second. Yeah, it literally. Bit. I was like, ah, Olin has left the building, folks. <laughs> He's back, <laughs> um, but we, we are back. We are back. back. I, uh, I I jumped on a, a motorcycle called the Midwest Chopper, and here we are. We're back. <laughs> Isaac Bulgarian. Um, we're chopping right back in. I think this guy coming out of Factory X is going to be a real problem for the featherweight division. He's very young. He's only 27 years of age, and he looks very, very sharp for his age, my friend. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing what's next for him. Again, he's very fresh in his UFC career and his MMA career. Only six fights in, but he, he looks pretty invulnerable thus far. Moving into the next one, you had Terrence McKinney coming in against Mike Breeden. Boy, was I worried. I know it. I mean, Terrence McKinney. His only weakness is flying knees. I'm just happy that Mike Breeden didn't throw a single flying knee in the fight. Uh, but no joke, all jokes aside, uh, Terrence McKinney looked very fresh out there. Just a month after he got submitted, he comes out and he beats somebody 30 to 1. Um, and again, very high accuracy. 63.8% clip. He threw 47. He landed 30. Um Significant strikes. He threw 47. He landed 30. <laughs> Everything he threw, he threw with venom. And that is why, as Mystic Drew put it in the chat, they call him T-Rex. T-Rex. Let's Not go. A, tell us how that fight made you feel. Ah, it made me feel good, man. It was like a good redemption story for our guy T-Rex here. And I know T-Rex has had the small little arms, but don't, don't let it fool you. That's not his fine style. From that south bar, Terrence was really long and landing those uh, real sharp, straight, fast uh, uh, overhands, you know, and, and he really hit him with a strong left. Wow. Uh, strong left early, uh, which really seemed to stun his opponent. And then it just felt like after that, it was just an avalanche. I mean, his, his defense got really lazy, just really had nothing for him offensively. Uh, and, and and Terrence just started to pick him apart, really peppered him, peppered him, and then finally put him away with a solid TKO victory. Man, but I'm excited for Terrence. You know, can he work his way back up in the top 25? I guess it's a million dollar question here. Uh, really rude for him. Again, he's coming off some tough losses as of recent, but he's got all the talent in the world, man. Like you said, he's he's got his kryptonite. Everyone has their you know their weakness, that blind spot we can call it. Um, and his may be that yeah, you know, that flying knee, which 
Again, luckily he did get thrown, but again, he looked really sharp from the jump, picked his opponent apart and uh, made a case to, hey, give this guy a, a, a good talent to get in there with and, and dance with. Find him a good dance partner. Yeah, it was a fantastic fight for him, a fantastic dance partner. Um, almost felt tailor-made. Mike Breeden, no offense, but I mean, it, it just it worked out very well for Terrence McKinney. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what's next for Terrence McKinney. I don't think that they should skyrocket him back into the top 15 style fights that he was getting beforehand. Uh, slow roll him. Let him build his skills a little bit. He is working with um, Big Mouth himself. And, you know, we love to see that. That's a, that's a fantastic guy for him to be working with. So uh, I think Kevin Holland and him are, are only going to sharpen each other. As we said before, iron sharpens iron. Those two guys are made of it. So... Let him keep on sharpening himself with the uh, you know like-minded individuals that are just as good, if not better. And again, keep him out of the top fifteen, maybe for like two more fights, and then slow roll him into the top fifteen. Now, if we're talking about people that don't need to be slow rolled into the top fifteen, we're talking about Marcus McGee. Let's um, go, dude. The the guy is the just maniac. stud. The maniac. Yeah. The guy only needed to land seven strikes. He's a beast, dude. Yeah, and, if if you don't know, now you know. I love that this is his out. Uh, well, uh, welcome, welcome home party, out party. Or coming out party. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Just trying to find the right words there. I got but, you, yeah, guy. Hey, it's a welcome home. Honestly, he's he's gonna be here. Uh, he's gonna make himself a name here in the uh, UFC in general. He fights out of Arizona, so he's a local guy. Quick shout out. Uh, trains with our boy Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sugar my guy. Sean. Shout out. Sugar Sugar. So quick shout out there, man. But yeah, an impressive knockout victory. Like I said, didn't take much. Dude has Oppenheimer hands, man. Freaking nuclear. Bombs. Oh, you like that one? He's got bombs. Bombs. He's bombs. Oppenheimer. I love that one. I love that one. I mean, and, and you're not wrong. He's got eight wins. Um, you're not going to believe this, but seven of them by way of TKO. Chopper. Um, and you know, shocker, the one bef- the the one that's not a TKO. You might not know this, but he made his debut on very short notice over a man named Journey Newson, and uh, he made it look pretty darn easy against that guy too. He got the submission via rear naked choke in round two, just two minutes and three seconds in. Uh, guy's an absolute stud. This was no different. He got the knockout punch. Literally, it looked like something out of a movie. Um, if you disagree with me, the only way I would agree or, or accept that that disagreement is if you said, no, it didn't look like it came from a movie. It looked like something out of a video game because I would accept either of those. Um, it, it just looked fucking almost scripted. It was so good, man. He landed just a power shot. Could have could have finished and, and followed up on him. He's like, no, I just killed that young man. I'm going to let him recuperate a little bit. Um, it was fantastic to see, dude. Like the guy had great control. Um while the fight was going and to stop himself from literally hurting a man after he'd already put him down very swiftly, might I add. Uh, so this is somebody I don't think we need to slow roll. This is somebody that I do think um, can be put into the upper echelon of his weight class at Bantamweight. I I, I truly believe that. Um, if we're talking about like a solid fight for him, there's there's a lot of good fights that we can make, right? Uh, is there anybody on the tip of your tongue that you'd like to see him fight? Let me not not on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna sit here and think about it a little bit. Do you have somebody though? It sounds like you might have someone queued up already. I mean, there's again, there's a number of people that I think he'd match few. up really, really well against. Um, if we wanted to skyrocket him into like a really, really fun fight, I'm not mad at a Jonathan Martinez fight. I'm Ooh. not mad at a Pedro Munoz fight. 
Um, mm. you Pedro know, is if, fighting uh, Cheeto this weekend, though. So I guess maybe depending on how that goes, one. if he loses, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's. <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick. That's why I said that. Um, right. I think I think I think Cheeto wins. Um, and uh, yeah, spoiler. I just, I, spoiler alert uh, for the breakdown video coming up later in the week. Uh, yeah, I think Cheeto wins that fight, and I do think that when Cheeto wins that fight, I think that'd be a fun matchup for him um, against Munoz. I like that. That'd yeah, be a fun. Those are one. like the top names that come to mind for me. Uh, yeah, and and like you said, I think that's a good range for for the maniac here. Um, some uh, notable notable names, most definitely. Um, people that are coming off wins, people that are right floating around in that top fifteen range, top twenty ish range. So a win over someone like that would definitely put him in the conversation. So I love it. Absolutely. Um, I also say that like if man, if actually not even if just a lo- uh, loser of De- demon Blackshear versus um, the fight that's coming up. Mario Batista. Mario Batista. Yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be, a, I think that'd be a fine fight for him as well. Both of those guys are like solid stack ranking. I think they're probably hovering between um, 15 and 25. I had to guess. So I, I think, I think it'd match up really well against either of those guys. Again, Marcus, the maniac McGee is one of those guys that could truly be the future here. I love it. I agree, man. He's he's right. He's, it's, it's his time now. It's his time now. He can't keep waiting. You know, get him active. Uh, let's get him back in there. I know he's ready. He stays ready. So he's a maniac, man. Let's get him. Let's see what we can do. He's a maniac, maniac, maniac on the, in the cage. Octagon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, in the next one, we had a pretty uneventful fight, if I'm being completely honest, even as someone that is definitely not a casual uh, Josh Frem versus Jamie Pickett. Uh, between the two of them, you had just barely like 80 strikes landed. So not not the most eventful fight in the world. Across 15 minutes, um, 0 for 3 on takedowns for Josh Frem. 2 out of 3 for takedowns on Jamie Pickett. But the fight still leaned heavily in favor of Josh Frem if you watched it. I, I'm not mad at the decision. I also don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. No, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, it was a, a lackluster fight, not a lot of high-level grappling or exchanges. Josh Friend obviously just was better all around. But yeah, what didn't really m- make too much of a stamp in this one. You know, didn't didn't have that exclamation point you're always looking for. And maybe it's because the rest of this card had a lot of first-round finishes. Maybe we were just a little bit, you know, hit us in a lull. Um, but yeah, we can keep it moving. Yeah, I don't want to lull the people to sleep with the fight a second time around. So we are going to jump right into AJ Dobson coming in against Stefan and Chuckwee. Um, That was actually a pretty fun fight. I, I will be honest, like, I'm one of those guys that every time I jump on Twitter and I see people saying, like, you know, DC's always biased or this person's always biased. I do hear bias, but I, I don't typically feel like one guy is always biased or like the whole judging or commentating desk is biased. I wholeheartedly felt like the whole commentary desk was biased in this fight. Uh, they were constantly just riding in Chuck Wee's dick and like, come on folks. I get it. He's a big, strong guy, scary knockout power, but AJ jobs, AJ Dobson was doing literally everything right in that fight. Um, they were telling they were saying like, oh, he needs to do something about these leg kicks. He was. He was sliding out of range. He was checking them. He was landing leg kicks of his own. And as we saw, they tend they they started to pay off throughout the fight. Um 
in the end, the guy landed almost two to one on strikes compared to his opponent to Fond and Chukwe. I'm curious to hear if maybe like I had the wrong set of blinders on. Did you see the fight differently or like, no, I just feel like AJ did everything right here. I agree. I think so. I think he was, you know, winning the exchanges, the first to the mark a lot of the times. Um, and yeah, I think again, it's tough. Maybe you got to watch it without the commentary on. You probably feel a little bit different because when they're really hyping it up one way or just complimenting one guy or really even just kind of like, uh, commentating from the lens of, Oh, he keeps, if he you know starts doing this or if he keeps doing that or he's losing here, it's like, okay, well, you're almost making it like he's the pro, the you know, the A side here, and the other guy's the B side. It's like no, it's not the case. Like we gotta, you know, keep it fair and just take each exchange as it as it is. Um, but no, I agree with you. I, I do think it was a bit lopsided there, a little bit in terms of just trying to watch it. But this AJ Dobson man, I mean, yeah, people weren't really giving him the respect, but he came out and earned it, right? He's someone that is well rounded. Um, got to win on the contender series. Since then, unfortunately, did have a couple losses to decision. Um, but hey, was able to get the better decision. He be on the right side of the decision here, and uh, hopefully he can carry that momentum for moving forward. Thirty-one years old, you know, still a lot of uh, leeway ahead of him. Now's the time in his prime, baby. Now's the time in his prime. You heard it here from Live Drive himself. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like AJ Dobson. I think he's a solid fighter. He's he's very young. He's honestly not got a ton of uh, wear and tear yet. He's only seven and two. Nine fights into his MMA career. Very young into his career. He he showed a lot of skills and a lot of prowess. Definitely looking forward to his next one. Um, <clears throat> this this is going to make me kind of recall the Juliana Miller fight because this one broke my heart quite a bit. This broke we my have, heart as well. Yeah. Man, um, Pollyanna Viana coming in against uh, a Yasmin Lucindo, who I, I saw Yasmin Jacendo make her debut live. Uh, with the man, oh. the myth, the legend himself, Mystic Drew, in we San Diego when we were cage side. And also, nice. what's up, JJ Smoke? Welcome to the chat. Happy to see you. Long time no see, brother. How we doing? Um, so yeah, man, Pollyanna Viana coming in against Yasmin Lucindo. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this. Yeah, brother. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking to watch. Pollyanna, um, unfortunately, coming off some canceled bouts, not being able to get in the octagon as of recent. Uh, so a little bit of ring rust. She felt like she was a little slow to remark. But man, this Yasmin is a mean lady. She uh, and she has that body frame where just she looks like she's strong, looks like she's built heavy, has those heavy hands, strong, you know, big legs. Um, and, and she was able to put it on Argo Pollyanna, man. She's able to get the better of her. Really just felt like once she was able to get the timing and kind of take the best punches that Pollyanna had for her. She knew, okay, I'm going to get to my marks and I'm going to take care of business. I did not expect her to be able to choke her out. Crazy. Uh, very sad, man. And, and and on a side note, it was disappointing to hear that uh, Pollyanna mentioned that they wouldn't let her uh, walk in with any Naruto gear. I don't know if that's a Naruto thing, but no bandanas or anything else in general. I thought that no, was interesting. She's, she's asked to do it with numerous different cosplays from numerous different animes and they won't let her do it. Um, Come on, it's man. It's a licensing thing, but it's, that- it just feels limiting. That's come on. Let them express themselves a little bit. I don't. I don't need a full robe like a you know Showtime boxing yeah. type event. But hey, a little bandana or a little swagger or something. And Why it's not, not like she's asking for that to be her fight kit. Like she just wants her walkout to allow that, or her to like be able to do the weigh in stuff with that. And I mean, they let on, people like, wear the hats. Shout and things out like Naruto, that. baby. Come on, out here. 
Um, and, and I think she did mention that's a licensing thing. Okay, I guess I, I can understand that. But Mary, Mary, of course, is the one that came out there. She's like, oh, maybe it's a licensing thing. And I'm like, dude, come on. Let's like, listen to so much conspiracy hat on. Yeah, like, they're just <laughs> trying to be cheap now. Come on. Um, that being said, again, dude, Pollyanna Viana is an absolute beast. For those of you that don't know, you should definitely look this up. It was this happened quite a while back, but she is the girl that uh, went viral for being in Brazil. A man tried to mug her, and she basically whooped the dog shit out of him, um, and then held him in a submission while cops uh, while she waited for cops to come. Um, just an absolute legendary, beast. yeah, beast. And I mean, she's you know not a bad looking woman, needless to stay. So I mean. Not that it matters how you look, but obviously, hey, someone like that, you're going to get approached. And unfortunately, there's some weirdos out there, but that's why you, you do wrong your jiu-jitsu classes. Yeah, wrong one. Not that guy, pal. She's in uh, not that guy, pal. So as as Drew said here in the chat, yet Izzy can do whatever he wants on drives and full head gear piece, etc. Um, yep, facts. Izzy's rival gets to do the same thing with like the Native American stuff. Like There's so many people that get to do that kind of stuff, but they won't let Pollyanna Viana because she's not a big enough name, doesn't have enough pool. And that's why they don't want to pay that licensing issue. Um, so it, it's, it's a money play. It's a money issue. But again, Pollyanna, Dama de Ferro, Viana. Our heart goes out to you. We we love this chick. She's an absolute beast. Um, last time she lost was to Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci, who's an absolute beast as well. This girl only loses two beasts. Uh, that being said... <sighs> got to talk about the winner here no matter how much we like Pollyanna. yasmin lucindo is just a beast um she had quite possibly the longest walkout in history i fell asleep i woke up i fell asleep again i woke up i ordered doordash <laughs> it showed up um uh. and she was halfway to the octagon so i took another nap um, no, i'm just kidding <laughs> little tiger sees oh my gosh um, no, she she had a very very long walkout though. It did feel very long. It was a slow song. I don't know if that's a, like a, a war tactic because let me tell you, if I walk out before you and I'm like getting all fucking fired up with my song, and then you walk out and it takes 18 minutes and your song is like super duper slow and just like lulling, man, I, you're probably gonna beat me because I'm not. I'm now no longer ready to go. Um, <laughs> you might be on the stool taking a nap there by the time she gets in. You're, I'm, I'm you're cold telling again. you, cold as ice. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, so this chick is 15 and five. She's an absolute beast. She fights at a fight house. Um, and I, I do think that she has a lot, a lot, a lot to offer. She's only 21 years old. Crazy. She's an absolute beast, bro. Like she's 21. She's one of the youngest fighters on the roster currently. Um, I, I think she's definitely the youngest in that division, hands down. And the fact that she came out there and put it on Pollyanna Viana the way that she did, like Pollyanna's not new to this game. She's been with the UFC specifically since 2018, folks, which I know like a lot of you are just now realizing who she is, but she's been here for some time, okay? Uh, she's not new here. So uh, Yasmin Lucindo to come out there and do her the way she did, and I mean, like she could have knocked her out if she wanted to. Like Let's be honest. She had her rocked on the feet three times that I counted before getting that arm triangle choke. Um, fantastic look. I think that she's one of those people that could easily be fighting somebody in the top 15 in her very next fight. Just three fights out of the UFC. Man, why not, huh? I mean, she she looked really good against, like you said, a staple veteran in the division. 
no reason why she shouldn't go up there and, and make a name for herself. Right? We haven't seen a lot of young, talented, well-rounded fighters like this in a long time. Make it happen, UFC. Let's go. So Drew said he'll put five bucks towards the uh, licensing fees for the Naruto cosplay. We'll start a GoFundMe or something. We here at MMA Anomaly No Filter Show would also put five on it. Or we need like, to find like a good... We'll split, uh, we'll split 250 and 250. There we go. <laughs> we just got to find a good video editor and uh, have it. We'll do like a little edit for after the fact if they won't let it happen during... We'll, you know, we'll, 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 put, we'll put something together. We'll make it work. Yeah, well, uh, a good video editor. I think I might know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> um, so moving forward, speaking of people that fight you like you owe them lunch money, Khalil Roundtree Jr. Um... You might recognize him as the guy who uh, was on Tough quite a few seasons ago and said he got into this because he was overweight and wanted to lose a little bit of weight. Um, now, you can find him in a cage beating up former police officer Chris Dawkins um, and just just literally beating him up like he owes him lunch money. The follow-up shots that he threw once he got Dawkins on the ground were just disgusting. He threw <laughs> vicious shots, brother. Vicious. Like if you say he threw everything into those, it wouldn't be saying enough. I wish they had like a way to tra- track the miles per hour of how fast those punches were. Homeboy looked like <laughs> like he was a, doing fastball specials, bro, all day. <laughs> it was like a cartoon speed, just <laughs> fast. Yeah, one of those he, almost he, hit him on the back of the head too, which I was yeah, like, that's super he did scary. The Marge Simpson wind up, bro. I thought he was gonna <laughs> really hurt that guy. Um, oh, he did, brother. He put him out uh, yeah, real hard. He, he definitely did actually hurt him. Um, <laughs> honestly, like light heavyweight fights aren't always fun. But man, when Khalil Roundtree Jr. is fighting, you know they're going to be a good time. Yeah, man. When he's on, he's freaking on. I mean, like you said, I mean, at that weight class, it's it's hard to him at his best. It's hard to find someone that can beat him on, on the feet. I mean, he is extremely good. That Muay Thai background he has, like you said, just being a bigger guy, being able to hold that kind of weight on your frame. Now he's in there. He looks great. Cardio is phenomenal. Looked fast, extremely sharp. Yeah. Just put the lights on the Chris Hawks, man. I mean, he made it look like he did not even belong in there. I mean, and, and you mentioned the lunch money thing. Honestly, he looked like he looked like uh, the big brother of the little bro's lunch money that, you know, the bully took. Yeah. And he came yeah. in and he's like, oh, you took my little bro's lunch money. Pow, pow. Good night. <laughs> Give <it back. laughs> Let me teach you a lesson. Make sure you never do teach that again. Teach you a lesson. Yeah, not having none on my watch. So he's, man, I love the way he fights. Um, and it's funny, I've been seeing his viral video recently of him taking out the dude's knee in one of his re- uh, previous fights. Yeah. That kind of stab kick. I don't know what it's called. The, the uh, OB the, kick. The freaking need freaking blender because you just it's disgusting it's john jones's signature so i've seen that more that recently to, uh, modestus bakalskis i believe mm, it's legal i mean yeah speaking uh, of rule I changes mean, he, it's within the rules he he blew that leg out for a while um <sighs> he was out for almost a year because of that and then he uh since coming back he's on a four fight win streak is modestus bakalskis nice well that's great to hear yeah. But he's, he's a yeah. solid, he's a good dude too. He's like a nice guy. Um, when people were like blasting Khalil Roundtree online about that leg kick and how kind of dirty it can be seen as, Bukowskis was like, it's legal. Um, and I didn't block it. There are ways to get away from it, and I didn't do them. So it's on me. Fair. But that's, that's why that guy's warrior. nickname is the Baltic Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, I was like, true warrior. Yeah, true gladiator for sure. Yeah. Um, so that being said, 
Uh, curious to hear, do, or do you have any like names on the tip of your tongue as to who you'd like to see Khalil fight next? Ooh, man, I like heavyweight. There's a lot of fun matchups right now, right? It feels a bit stale in that top, the back very end of the stagnant. top 15. Yeah, very stagnant. Man, I, no one on the top of my, tip of my tongue. I'm going to look real quick here, but who are you he's thinking? Number, do you have anyone in mind? He's ranked number 13 right now. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Honestly, he they typically make him fight down, which I, I think is honorable of him to always say yes, but I also think that he's more than earned his weight in gold and uh, yeah. should be allowed to fight somebody higher than him. I wouldn't be mad at seeing him fight a Ryan Superman span. I was just looking at that name. I think that's the move, honestly. Ryan hasn't okay, fought in JJ a while. Smoke, look, dude, I usually am a fan of yours, but don't put that into the universe because I can't see Dominic Reyes get knocked out again. I can't. I know. Um, that might and, be a better one because... It'd be a uh, vicious knockout. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Dominic, man, he's he's looking bad. Ryan Spann is fighting Anthony Smith, You're right. though. August You're right. Span 26th. Span is fighting so. Smith, but let's be honest... I think Smith is probably going to out grapple him to a uh, just semi dominant decision. And Span will be looking for the bounce back and they'll feed him to Khalil. Yeah, it's tough. He is in a tough spot. Um, he may be forced to fight down, like you mentioned, someone like Alonzo Menafield, who's coming off a recent win over Jimmy Crute. Um, which is a good matchup. Honestly, Dominic Reyes, I'd pay to see it. That's two you know, staples in the division. Maybe one of them can make a case because they both have the namesake to you know, push forward or try to make that you know, top 10 push or whatever to a contender. We'll see. I like it. I think, I think I'd be my vote, Reyes. I also, yeah, if, it's going to be bad for him. That's going to be the nail in the coffin for homeboy. If Alexander Rockich is down to fight, fight down since he is coming off of a loss. Um, yeah. He might look at it as a better striking match for him, right? Maybe. Yeah. He hasn't fought I mean, in a while, he, he, huh? He hasn't fought in a while. Um, Alexander Rockage, I think, would make a lot of sense, uh, especially if we do see Khalil Roundtree get a bump in, in ratings, uh, which he hasn't yet. So interesting, interesting enough. Even though there's been a lot of movement in the women's uh, rankings just across the board here this week, as well as the flyweight division for the men and the featherweight division. Mm. it's interesting that they bumped up Tim Elliott um, before his upcoming fight. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I feel like they're doing that just so that way they can give Muhammad Mikhaev a better rub. Uh, assuming Muhammad beats him. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what's playing behind the scenes a little bit there. They There's just moved him up to, to number made. nine. Um, mm. So, interesting enough. Sorry, sorry, sorry to get derailed there for a second. Hey, man, it's never a bad thing. It's all good. We but love yeah, a good that conspiracy is conspiracy theory, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll put my tinfoil hat on right now. Um, yeah, brother, I agree. I, I think I'd love to see Rackers get back out there. I'm curious. I was trying to Google real quick, like, is something going on? Is there any whispers about him? I mean, he has not fought in quite a while. I mean, May of 2022. So over a year, coming up on almost two years, brother. That's It has been At 31 so years tough. old, I mean, what's, you know, is the recovery a little bit worse than you thought? I mean, we are seeing Weidman coming back. I mean, maybe it's just one of those things when you break your leg like that. It's just, or did he break his leg, or is it just a ligament tear of some sort? I thought it was just a ligament tear, but I could be wrong. No, no, I'm skeptical. Well, hey, I mean, love to see him back in there as soon as possible. Cue the X Files music, Jamie. Can you play the X Files music? <laughs> 
So moving into the next one, we had the co-main event of the evening. It was Cub Swanson, um, a Cali guy fighting out of Palm Springs, um, coming in against Hakeem Dawudu. And you got to think that by the end of that fight, Hakeem, you know, looked at his corner and his corner said, you know what? You know what, kid? That will do. That will do. <laughs> nice. I was just thinking of the jaw rule. Everybody that be living it up. So, what do I do? do, I do? What do I do? Everybody that be living it up. Do I do? Do I do? Oh man, that's a great name. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's one of the, it's one of the best. It's the best oh, of times man. is the worst of times. Hey man, you come for um, the analysis of uh, breakdown some UFC, but you stay for the singing. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Let's go. That's what we're here for, folks. <laughs> um, we're here for you. Uh, we're also here to have a good time. So moving Absolutely. into uh, a bad time, we had Cub Swanson versus Hakeem Dawadu. <laughs> Fun fight though. Fun fight. A lot of people crying robbery. Um, Are you in that uh, bucket? You know, I'm not. I'm not in that bucket necessarily. I uh, I've now gone back and watched the fight twice. I could see oh. it going either way. Um, you know, I if if I had a gun to my head and had to score it, I think overall I would probably give Cub Swanson um, round. I think it was two and three that he won, in my opinion. Um, or no, one and one and two, and then Hakeem won round three. Yeah, that that's it, what I think. Hakeem won the last round for sure. Yeah, and I mean Hakeem was definitely the busier fighter. He ended up throwing more strikes: two hundred twenty-four to Cubs, one ninety-five landing, one twenty-nine to Cubs, one hundred seven. Pretty much a draw there, I guess, if we're really looking at it. Significant strikes, very similar tail as well: one seventy-six thrown by Hakeem. Uh, do a do throwing landing 95 of those strikes club swanson cub swanson uh 156 significant strikes to 77 so again there's still that like 20 about 20 strikes differential here uh in comparison to both fighters i mean yeah when it's all said and done it just felt like cub was winning those exchanges he was First to the mark, had some of the heavier shots. And like you said, was he, you know, I feel like probably clearly won round one and two. But why it gets tough sometimes in judging that third round. And maybe this is a scoring thing, but it's like, it's like that Nate Diaz effect of, you know, he may, you know, be lackluster through the first couple of rounds, but then all of a sudden he pours it on the third round. And, you know, you're watching the fight. So that's the last thing you remember. And you think, oh, well, he was obviously winning. That's how it ended, right? And if it was in the streets, the guy that's usually ending better is probably going to end up winning because he might end up just putting the guy out, right? Or the guy's going to eventually just lose energy. Energy bar only has so much. But yeah, I guess I can see it that being why. Again, like you said, a lot of people are maybe in a little bit of an uproar. But Cub, man, he's 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 game. And, you know, and he, he lands hard strikes. Do a do. That would do. Do a do. That would do. Just was not able to do a do enough, man. So yeah, I mean he yeah. he didn't leave a stamp on it. Um, I, I did. Yeah. I I again, if the judges would have read it off and it was a split decision by way of doubt or like in favor of Dawudu, would not have been mad at that by any means necessary. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also not mad at Cub getting the rub, and um, I I think he's a legend. I don't think that that played into any of the judges' scorecards as I don't think it should. Um, 
I mean, we, we don't judge this off of, you know, overall, right? We judge this off of round by round scoring basis. Round one, it was 23 to 29 in favor of Dawadu, which is a six strike difference, right? And that's significant strikes that we're looking at here. But the significant strikes are the same as the total strikes in that round. The big kind of takeaway there is Cub threw 14 strikes less and only landed six less. He had a much higher percentage of accuracy. Neither man attempted a takedown nor got any kind of ground control in that round. I, that's why I thought that that round went in favor of Cub. I thought he had the cleaner striking, the cleaner entries and exits. I thought round one was very close, but I thought it was a Cub round. Um, going into round two, round two, more of the same. It was 28 to 29 on significant strikes landed um, with Hakeem having the one strike edge and 52 versus 48 on total strikes landed with Cub having the edge. Uh, again, Cub had the higher accuracy as far as significant strikes. He threw 51, landed 28. Hakeem threw 55 and landed 29. So slightly higher st- uh, accuracy there. Hakeem did end up getting some control time. He had two minutes and 20 seconds on top. But what did he do with it? I mean, he landed a few strikes, but he he wasn't really like doing a ton with it. So again, that's a that's a cub round in my opinion. Um looking at the last round, Cub had a minute and 21 seconds of control time. Hakeem had 50 seconds of control time. That's a toss-up, right? Both these guys had a lot of control time uh within 30 seconds of one another. The difference is Hakeem's used zero energy to shoot for a takedown, whereas Cub shot not once, but twice and went 50% on those. Those are the only two shots for takedowns on that fight. And also Hakeem landed with a far better accuracy clip in this last round, 56% to 41%. He also outlanded him by 11 significant strikes and a whopping 20 total strikes this round. That is why I thought round three was clearly in favor of Hakeem Dawadu. Not mad if you give round one to him, but I thought that it was very, very tooth and nail close and that Cub did have the cleaner shots, better accuracy. And I mean, not only did he lead the dance for most of that round, but he, again, he led the dance, he controlled the pacing and he had the cleaner strikes. He had the cleaner like entries, exits. He showed why this is his home. Yeah. 39 years old, man. We're starting to see a lot of these older grizzled vets that are still strong and sharp as all hell, you know, aging like a fine wine. You got a few of them now as they're getting to their 40s. You're starting to see maybe it's just the new level of nutrition and, you know, being able to kind of rehab and maybe doing their ice baths. Who knows? But shout out Cub, man. What a legend. And he didn't officially retire. I wonder if that was, I mean, I wonder if he's actually going to come back maybe for one last hoorah maybe if it's a good legendary matchup right another old vet hopefully um i don't want to see him fight any young dogs anymore let's you know let's yeah. let's send him off on a good note with a good legendary matchup yeah no more uh, dawadu fights give yeah. him a legend let him sell yeah. off into the sunset win lose or draw mm-hmm. I, I think that's the only way to play that one right i think so so uh, i'm gonna let you take the lead on this next one we had uh want to kill cliff's own Vicente, the silent assassin, Luque, coming in against Rafael Dos Santos in the main event of the evening. Let's uh, go. It went all five rounds. It was a 25-minute banger of a fight. It did. Curious to hear your thoughts on it. It was a fun one, man. RDA versus Vicente, Luque. It was a fun fight, man, between who I feel is a Hall of Famer and RDA, Rafael Dos uh, Anjos, Um against a young, surging fighter in Vicente Luque, man. Coming in with that 10 spot next to his name. 
Uh, Vicente looks sharp, you know, and, and I got to say, as much as I would have loved to see RDA uh, show some of, you know, flashes of him in his prime, we just weren't able to see it, right? It just felt like at this bigger division, a, a fighter that was as strong and as, as well-rounded as Vicente just had too much for him. You know, RDA just was not able to establish much at any point, spent a lot of time with his back against the cage. Um, and like, honestly, one of my notes, just watching the fight, I was like, it just felt like this was one of the best versions of Vicente Luque that we've got to see again at 31 years old, really putting all his skills together really nicely. Um, and I think he could easily be in the conversation for that top seven spot. And there is a guy that I'm looking at there, a, uh, a Mr. Nice guy that I think will be a fun fight for him, especially assuming that Sean Brady has an injury. We don't know how long he'll miss. Joff Neal just had to pull out due to injury. How long is he going to be out? Stars are going to align for Vincente to finally make that push again to get back to the top of the division. Um, and man, he has all the freaking tools. He looks re- he looked really, really good, really strong. And again, I wish, you know, it's a vintage RDA kind of a shell and, you know, going up a division at this stage in his career, tough. Would have loved to maybe seen him in his prime in his heyday. That would have been a fun, fun matchup. Probably would have seen some better striking exchanges, and he probably would have had a little bit more in terms of strength and durability here. But Vincente looks good, man. He's a dog. Haven't talked about him in a while, but he's a staple in the division. He's been fine here for a long time. Um, he's, f- f- you know, flew close to the uh, the sun there a little bit. He had his moment, but you know, has been slowly climbing back. But curious to hear your thoughts, brother. It was a fun uh, main event here. Yeah, it was a hell of a fight. That's a honestly, thanks for setting the tone. That was a hell of a, a analysis and breakdown there. And I basically agree with everything you said, man. I think uh, if we would have seen this fight with a prime RDA, maybe it would have gone a little bit differently, but likely not. I think Vicente Luque is definitely one of those guys that is a problem for the division. And uh, just going to jump right into the elephant in the room, aka Drew's fucking chat message here. Thoughts on Luque saying he wants to introduce Poirier to the welterweight division. I he think that's that? a terrifying fight. Um, oh, boy. He did say that. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, gee golly, Willikers. I don't love that. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> as a Dustin Poirier stan, as the kids say, uh, I don't love that fight for Dustin Poirier's first fight. Uh, just because, like, I, I stylistically. It doesn't I make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, stylistically, I think that he's very large for the division in general. We saw it against RDA. Um, but but stylistically, I think he matches up okay with Dustin Poirier. Uh, I, I think he'll be willing to stand and engage with him. And I think if he does try and take him down, Dustin has a lot of really threatening ground game from the bottom. He's, he's very, very wily on the bottom and can pull off, you know, triangle chokes. Uh, he can definitely get set up a ghillie while he's getting shot in on, uh, especially if he gets you to shoot in while you're, compromised in any way shape or form but i don't love that matchup for him so we'll just keep on breaking down this fight so jumping into vicente luque versus rafael dos sanchos rda i thought that this was a very very great fight i thought that it was a a world-class test for vicente luque as you mentioned so perfectly nano he has flown a bit too close to the sun already he has had those moments where he got burnt uh and, and you know he came plummeting back to the ground but I don't think he's an Icarus kind of guy. I think he's kind of more of a Phoenix because I'll be damned if he didn't rise from the ashes a little bit stronger. Let's go. He's, he's on ready, fire baby. He's ready. Let's he's go. on fire. He's surging and uh, he's ready to go, bro. 
he's surging and if he's got weaknesses you know he's purging bro he he came into this fight looking like an absolute animal and he fought even more animalistically across a 25 minute fight i only was able to score as an rda fan one round for him um and I mean, that's no, that's no flack on RDA. The guy is not, uh, you know, a super old dog in this game. We have seen older men win. Um, that being said, I, I just want to say that if, if RDA prime fought that version of Vicente Luque, I think RDA prime loses. That's a big, strong baller of a man of Vicente Luque. And I think that honestly, for somebody like him right now in that division, the sky is the limit, man. Um, he's sitting heftily at number 10. Uh, I think there's a lot of really, really fun matchups for him. I agree with what you said. I think uh, Battle of the Nice Guys, him versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson, really does make a lot of sense. Um, I, I don't see a better matchup for him in that division. Uh, obviously, if you want Gilbert Burns to fight him or something like that, I, I'm not mad at it, but at the same that, time, that can I, just, maybe I, feel work. Like, I feel like Steven Thompson is just a better matchup. Uh, maybe Jeff Neal, since he's now freed up. Uh, I don't know what the main pullout reason for the Ian Gary fight is, but you got to be thinking he's going to be ripping, roaring, and looking for a dance partner for uh, a soon date coming to your TV. Yeah. Vincente Luque, man. Yeah, 31 years old. He has quite the track record. I, I am looking now. He did lose to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson back in 20, uh, 2019 on that Masvidal Diaz card. Unanimous decision. So I'm sure he would love to get that one back. And it does make sense just where they're at in their careers. But that man, fight is why I think that Poirier matches up well against him. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And I mean, you're looking at uh, his other losses. Uh, he got knocked out by Joff Neal, which again, he probably want that one back. But that's why I was saying Jeff Neal might be a good dance partner for him. I'll think he'd want that back. Jeff Neal sits ahead of him. They'll probably, I don't want to say they'll want to punish Jeff Neal for pulling out of this fight, but they'll want to punish Jeff Neal for pulling out of this fight against Ian Gary. Um, yeah, it's tough. Or at least make him fight backwards at this point, which would be a Vicente Luque for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah man. With, I mean, he also ahead. lost to Leon. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, he has quite the track record here in um, Vicente. I mean, he's he's beaten Tyron Woodley. He's beaten Mike Perry back in the day. Uh, Jalen Turner. His only losses are to yeah, Wonder Boy, Leon Edwards, Bilal, Joff Neal. He's, he's beat Michael Chiesa. I mean, man, his 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 list of uh, skeletons in the closet here is pretty impressive. He actually beat Bilal back in 2016, so yep. Bilal got the avengement there. Maybe he'd try to... Maybe a third? I mean, we don't see I, that I too often. That one. I bet that fight. Did I you? Oh, boy. Yeah, I did. I mean, Bilal's, he's on to bigger, better things. I'm sure he's trying to you know go for a title now, so he probably won't oh, entertain he's, he's a earned third the title fight. Shot. Yeah, yeah he so he's out of the question. Yeah. Um, Man, it may I, not be a bad idea. I do like Gilbert Burns, man. Gilbert's, I don't think he's fighting right now. He lost to Bilal. He's right there sitting at, uh, what is it, the five spot? Yep, yeah. I think he's five or six. Yeah, he's five. I mean, that's a little bit of a jump. I mean, Shavkat, but, I, oh, well, Shavkat's actually fighting Gaslam September 16th. Yeah, banger. Fine. So, that banger. Banger. Can't wait. Oh, boy. Um, man, this fall, we have. We have a lot of fun fights coming up this year, y'all. This fall is going to be banger central. Each month, there's a good pay-per-view. Y'all better be ready. Getting ahead it of ourselves here, though. <laughs> definitely going to be great. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm super stoked on this one. I, mm-hmm. uh, I I feel like Vicente Luque, that, like you said, like the sky is the limit. I think... Uh, he makes sense with everybody up there. I mean, really a does. lot of people are busy right now. I mean, Kobe does have a dance partner. Maybe you throw them in the mix together, but... 
Yeah, or Sean Brady. Again, I don't know what's exactly injured with them, but I know Jack Dallum. Da, da, uh, oh, Gaslam pulled out. Boom, so, boom. So that actually might be perfect. So Shavka Rachmanov. That'd be a good fivers Vicente. I'm not mad at it. That might be the move. That might be the Give move, him a guys. call. Give him a call. We know a guy. Yes. That's, JJ Smoke with the good. update. Appreciate you, brother. Did not realize that you. he pulled out. I don't know much so, about it. I don't know much about it. Um, <laughs> that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right into last week's episode of Tough since we had the week off from the podcast. Um, guys, episode 11 of The Ultimate Fighter season 31 was by far somehow the dumbest and the best episode of the entire season. Um, the dumbest because what the hell were they thinking with that coach's challenge? Oh You're my doing gosh. ice bath trivia. You got these gentlemen in an ice bath for 30 minutes, visibly shivering. Uh, like, and luckily no actual nerve damage or any serious damage. No, yeah, after how that, did or these guys not get hypothermia? Or like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. Dana White had a lot of, uh, strong comments to say about that. He, Basically yeah, he was the standing there the entire time and mm-hmm. was literally like egging them on. Yeah, and he, he was mentioning mentioned... how it was. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, probably the same thing. He mentioned how it was, you know, taking really long in between sessions, or you know, a, you know, a seven minute segment ended up being thirty minutes. Which again, in our head, it's like okay, if, if you're, I guess maybe if they're rolling this continuously, okay, maybe there's a lot of dead time. But if you know you're gonna take breaks or whatever, let them. Or after yeah, five minute, ten minute. Okay, hey, take a breather, then go back in or something, or I don't yes. know, or maybe you make them do something, go sit in a sauna and then come back. I don't know, whatever you do, you know. Well, no, don't can, do that. Then you're gonna give these people fucking <laughs> that, that might pneumonia. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that. But yeah, at least or you know, and you don't need to keep that in or not. But yeah, there probably should have been like a hey, let's cap it here, and whatever we get done, or we'll just it's not make like it seem like- simultaneous. I think he just started turning coat or turning tide whenever he saw the flack they were getting online because you even see him in the confessional area like, yeah, I mean, you got two guys that are, you know, not going to give up and they're both in here. It's, it's been like 18 Complete minutes savages. at this point. They're all savages, savages man. Dude. Yeah. Like he's basically like hype on it, but because he got negative, you know, press, he's like, oh, I got, you know, these, this freaking production team, I fired them all. Um, they fucking suck. They're dumbasses. Suck, yeah. Like, like Jesus. All right, on, bro. Yeah. Um, so you that being off said, on it. <laughs> That's enough talking about Dana White. After all, this is an MMA show, not a cooking show. Enough talking about the tomato, guys. Um, <laughs> so moving forward, we had the best fight of the entire season, in my opinion. We had a little good old-fashioned Mississippi versus Louisiana dust-up. And if you know anything about me, you know I fucking love that. Oh, um, brother. Oh, brother. Dude, Louisiana got it done. Son, <laughs> uh, Kurt the Hurt, Hollabach. Dude, holla back, young and woo, woo, holla back. That was a banger. Good throwback. Uh, that was definitely a banger. Uh, so, but Kurt put the hurting on our boy Jason Knight, though, man. That was, I knew there was going to be some fireworks, but I don't think I expected what we saw. That was, at times, tough. But it also reminded me why I love this violent sport that we call UFC, that we call mixed martial arts, that we oh, yeah. just know as to be fighting and throwing these chingasas around. You know what that fight looked like to me? I mean, I know what it looked like to me, but what did it look like to you? I mean, we were just talking about tomatoes, Dana White. <laughs> well, we'll turn it into a cooking show just for a second. It kind of looked like 
Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner. Ultimate oh, Fighter yes. Season 1 finale, but you sprinkle a little Tony Saturi's Creole Cajun seasoning on that shit. <laughs> My God, dude. It was it, it had some Southern flair, bro. It was nice. It did. Them and boys I, were it, throwing. They were dropping guard. They were pushing each other. It was nasty, dude. It was a it was great, one of the nastiest fights in a while. And I don't know if it's different because even that Forrest Griffin Bonner fight, it's different when you're hearing the roar of the crowd as they're going back and forth. But man, let's go back, rewind our clocks to that COVID era when there was complete silence, right? That Gaethje Ferguson fight, when you hear everything, the leg kicks, the elbows, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, the echoes, the ooze. Even you hear at one point Jason Knight after he gets clipped with the over right, uh, overhand right. Yep. Oh, nice one. Literally, you hear him say, nice one. And I, keep I, going dude, right I back literally was it. like, that's the most redneck shit in the world. And I mean Jesus that Christ. as a compliment. Brother. Like, I mean, I genuinely mean it as a compliment. Dude got cracked. It was like, nice, <sighs> nice, nice one. Like, oh, yeah, that was good. I mean, he was eating them, dude. Again, modern day gladiators. We mentioned it earlier. But something about being able to hear everything just added so much more tension. Connor, I mean, no one was even coaching. No one was saying anything. You would hear, ooh. Oh, or you'd see Connor react, and I was doing the same like edge of my seat, inviting the fist. Ow, no! Oh, you gotta, you gotta move. That was about all the coaching that he did. Um, Chandler dead silent, just sitting in his cross position, like, oh my gosh, probably like watching your two sons fight. Probably really tough to watch there. And it was big bro beating the shit out of little bro, but little bro's just too damn tough for his own fucking good. Because holy hell. (laughs) I mean, I was just saying, I don't know if that's what you were saying, but that's what I was saying. Like, reminiscent, man, just seeing red and, and not knowing when to quit, brother. Too strong for your damn good. <laughs> Too tough for Definitely your damn good. There. Yeah, Definitely brother. I there. mean, that was, man, a crazy fight. I think everything about it just added to the elements. Um, and overall, it just felt like, you know, Jason was trying to establish his leg kicks and, and, and keep him at bay. But even when he landed on Kurt, I mean, Kurt was able to eat the one, two, push forward and then land his own two or three piece combination. And they just were wearing him out. I mean, heavy, heavy hands. This guy Kurt has, man. I mean, it shows, right? I think that's the, the difference in power, right? Both of them look the same. Kurt probably was maybe a little bit bigger in there. I would say he just looked a little bit stronger, but man, has he has some heavy hands? Um, obviously some of the wear and tear that Jason had, I think just some of the cuts or things like that. He mentioned he'd be bleeding, but he was leaking out of his nose, his eye. He was taking some massive shots. Dude. I don't know how he stood in there. I mean, they were hurting me. I literally at one point, it was right before Dana White said it, but I'm on the edge of my seat. Amy's sitting in the kitchen and I just go, Jesus Christ. And right when I say Dana White, same on, on key, right when I leave my mouth, Jesus Christ. And Amy yeah. just like looks at me. We started cracking up because I'm like, dude, I we have the same moments. freaking reaction. Like, yes. Whoa. Like, oh when my something God. Gives people a universal reaction. You know, it's good. <laughs> Jesus or you know, Christ. it's bad. <laughs> oh, I love the violence. It's good. Again, it truly reminded me why I love this freaking sport, man. I just love, love, love the violence. But man, I, and you want to talk about throwing everything beside the kitchen sink. Kurt threw everything but the kitchen sink at this guy, Jason. And I give him props, man. But it was the the body shot, the liver shot that ended up putting him out. And uh, it was, you know, the the beginning to the end there. But I know oh I've told you numerous times that the body shots, like I'd rather eat 10, 10 shots to the head than one really, really solid body shot. Because like you can't fake a poker face when you eat a body shot like that. It just That's it, the thing. It, shuts, it sends error signals to the brain and your body just shuts down. Like, sorry, kid, you might be tough, 
but I'm not going to let you continue to be tough. You're, you're done. <laughs> we, we, yeah, your, your fight's over here. We're you're tough, the line but there. you're out of gas. There's no yeah. wind in your sails, kid. You're on either. Um So that being said, Kurt the Hurt Holobuff, man, guy got it done. He is now in the finale of The Ultimate Fighter. And I mean, what do you know? I hate to be an I, I told you so guy, but fuck, I told you so. What did I say like weeks ago, maybe even months ago, that... These, these tough finale fights, uh, even if it's not going to have the two coaches fighting, we're going to end up getting the finale fights just thrown randomly on UFC Boston. And here we are with um, announcement, Austin Hubbard versus Kurt the Hurt Holaba coming in the preliminary card just this coming week for UFC oh, really? 292. Yeah, Let's we got to today. Let's go. That's awesome. Which, I did not know that. I'm looking right yeah, now. Yeah, which you know that means uh, after we get the last episode of the season. We'll have the final fight uh, announced. And I guarantee you, as I mentioned before, like we currently have three early prelims and three prelims. That means we have at least two to three more fights to get announced. Uh, it's a pay-per-view card, so you know they want to overly stack the undercard just in case there's pullouts. They can make shifts. Probably going to end up having uh, the Mississippi Slugger himself come back and fight uh, one of the folks that loses or has lost already. Um, yeah. So, I mean, man, it, this is gonna be a fun card. Should be a really fun card. Um, yeah, I, I think it should end up being a really, really solid card. Last week's episode was obviously like the best episode of the season. Going to be really, uh, really hard to top that. Um, but we'll see. Man. We got another. Uh, we got our, our boy Rico or my guy Rico going out there against. Uh, or who's he oh, fighting? Gibson. Is it? Oh. Tough one. That guy's long and rangy, man. But I think they're going to be. I think it's. We're going to have a good striking match. Cody's the one match. that has the hurt knee, right? Yeah, Cody Gibson. Yep. Yeah. yeah, some sort of messed up meniscus or something. I think Cody Gibson's going to pull it out. That's my prediction. Oh, I might be leaning young Rico here. I'm going with my boy Rico. So we'll we got a shot going. There we go. Let's go. Say less. Love it. Love it. You don't have to bend my arm backwards, and you know it, brother. Um. Well, that's it uh, for this episode. I think we've already gone over. Or no, actually, we did want to go over one more thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Last but certainly rules. not least. There's yes. some rule updates in the UFC. Um, so, yeah, I actually was talking to Nano a little bit off the air about this today. Just kind of curious to get his thoughts on this. So just going to preface and let you know what those rule changes are. So basically, there are three new rules that have been changed in the UFC. Um, those rules are pretty big. They are, in, in my summarized version, basically foul fighters will have the ability to have a cut man come in now. So while recovering from any foul, be it a clash of heads, illegal strike, um, et cetera, resulting in a cut, the, we'll have the original five minutes that they were allotted to, uh, recover, but they'll also have access to a cut man an inswell the works. Um, number two, Eye pokes now instead of a doctor coming in right away to ask the doctor if they can continue or if they can see and doing the eye checks for them. How many fingers am I holding up, etc. They'll get like a cold water flush. They'll get a, a press, etc. Um, a cold rag. So that way they can recover for at least like 30 to 40 seconds before that doctor comes in and asks them. Because as we know, if you've ever been poked in the eye, it takes a second for you to get your bearings. Yeah. Um, imagine someone trying to punch your head off and that being the way you got poked in the eye probably going to hurt even worse. Uh, So I think that those are both really good moves. The third one is actually the one that I'm probably most excited about, if I'm being honest. 
So if a fighter stalls or fouls while in a position other than standing, clinch, top, bottom, north, south, side control, you name it, um, once that foul is sorted out, uh, be it a point deduction, a doctor, further look, etc., the ref now has the option to put fighters back into that position. Um, and in most cases, they will be encouraged to put those fighters back in that position that they were leaving because they, again, they want to encourage these people to get back in the position they left off in. That way, a foul, uh, the, the kind of goal here is that a foul will not be able to be the differentiator in getting out of a position. Um, Nano, what are your, do you, do you have any kind of thoughts on, on these changes? Do you think they're warranted? They're necessary. I love that. Yeah. Those are, I think they're good sort of revisions or, or additions to, to current rules. You know, you, you see this a lot in the NFL, NBA. It usually happens during the off season in the UFC. There is no off season. So they kind of have to just get them in. I'm assuming whenever they can fit them in. I think they just kind of snuck them in here. I'm pretty sure they're already established, right? This is something that has been a thing over the last couple of weeks, or maybe this last week was the first one. Um, but in terms of first two, I think that makes sense. That seems like just maybe more of a better safety protocol, just upgrading things there. Hey, we have better data. Hey, just kind of using our heads here a little bit. Um, get the cut guy in there when there is a um, foul makes sense. And then... So we want to say, <laughs> yes, yeah. Hopefully, they can make some revisions and get us, you know, uh, USADA testing lowered and kick the ground <laughs> opponents and 12 by six elbow. The 12 by six elbow, honestly, I think that's the one I think I would like for come back. The or good at old least to, truck driver honk the horn move, <laughs> the bad drive to the face, um, the people's elbow, <laughs> the people's elbow, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those make sense. Those just seem like, you know, valid upgrades there, especially the iPoka one. I like that they're going to do a flush first, give the uh, fighter an opportunity to recover. Because, yeah, if they've ever been in the eye, immediately someone's a doctor's coming in. Hey, can you see? You're going to say no. But getting it flushed out definitely helps, even if it is just a graze or you get some sweat or leather particles or fingernail dust or something. Um, good, good thing there, in my opinion. Now, the. Um, the last rule, which I think is directly correlated to positioning to like we talked about here, obviously based around a point deduction or not, or like we've seen maybe to prevent a fighter trying to, to maybe sacrifice that point or be willing to do something like if, you know, we're fighting and you're taking me down, maybe you're close to getting that double leg or you just get one of my legs, push me up against the fence if I'm going to sit here and hang up against the fence to prevent you from completing the takedown and, and getting me on my butt, hey, you know, obviously a, a, a foul, lose the point, you know, I'm maintaining this position. But in my head, I'm also looking at, well, hey, what, whatever it takes, as long as I'm not getting back down, this is going to get us back to the center of the octagon. I'll take the foul. Hey, now you can't do that. Right. And I think exactly. I like that it's up to their discretion. I guess it's I like I also like how it's worded that it's maybe preferred or recommended that they put them back in that dominant position, whether it's, Hey, instead of maybe be me being on the ground, you have the double hooks in and we're going to be up against the cage or whatever. And from here, right. Yeah. Um, like where we I were before you negated my, it by grabbing the cage. Exactly. Exactly. So I agree with it. Um, and I'm sure there's other examples we can think of too, where these things will happen, but I, I feel like it's mostly like around the fence. Right. I mean, Absolutely. What are your thoughts? I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is around the fence uh, and, and also around, you know, different things like 
eye pokes. Uh, like if you're on the ground and you're trying to cross face, we've seen numerous times where someone digs their finger into somebody's eye and then it's an eye poke. That person gets up. Not only did they just get finger fucked in the eye, but now they're getting stood up and they're not getting put back in a dominant position in, you know, be it half guard, full mount, north, south, side control, whatever it is where they work to be on that top position. And somebody that just fouled them blatantly is now getting to be stood up. Um, not fair. Doesn't make sense. Uh, we've seen it happen before. Grabbing the shorts, uh, grabbing the gloves, different things like that. That's what okay. I was going to mention too. Yeah, if they're you know um, during a grappling exchange or if someone's working to get their back or they have you know their lock in right from behind, then yeah, if I'm sitting here trying to rip the glove off to break the grip, you know, to get into a favorable position, no, let's let's no. deduct the point um and let's get you back in that position again they are quick to uh separate them I, I, there was one fight this last week and I, it almost felt it might have been Pollyanna against um, there's a Pollyanna Viana fight yeah. they stood him up twice yeah felt a little rushed there on the ground i don't know your thoughts i mean not to backtrack I, but i will i will always tell you that they shouldn't stand them up this is yeah. an mma fight if some if i don't give a fuck if someone lays on top of somebody and does nothing to advance and just lays on top of them for 5 minutes guess what that means that means they won the round. That means the person underneath has a deficiency in their grappling and the person on top has a proficiency in their grappling. Yeah. They are able to hold them down and negate whatever the fuck they're able to do. If if you're telling me I'm fighting a striking champion and I'm able to lay and pray on top of them and do nothing, waste no energy, I don't care if I'm not striking them. I'm dominating them because yeah. they can't move and I'm the reason they can't move. Yeah, Don't stand me up. That's part of the game. It is even in jujitsu, like that's still scoring points. You're in a dominant yes. position. If you stay in mount, if you, I mean, you can posture up or you can throw I'll some strikes. Or just, one, I'll literally just baseball grip like one of your fucking uh, wrists and just post on you and hold you down. Yeah. I'm and then I almost You're wish, losing. yeah, exactly. I almost wish they had that almost with like as part of the scoring again, like in a jujitsu match where yep. that's, those are like a wrestling match, you know, for those that aren't aware, it's scoring points. So, you know, owning that control, getting in another position, maintaining it. Those are all scoring points, right? It's not hey, stand him up. You're not being too active. The reality is at a high level and in the UFC, these are all black belts. Mostly. Um, If you're trying to donkey hammer punch or just throw your fist around, they're going to snag one and either reverse it on you or grab an arm and Easy way to sweep. rip it off. Exactly. Sweep away. I mean, you can't just aimlessly try to land punches because you're afraid to get stood up. No, it's no. you work to get here. They got to work to get out. That's how it should be. So I Absolutely. agree with that. And, and I agree. Like, I, I wish it would be more of a, a cohesive part of the scoring system. Like we have scored, we have points for strikes for significant strikes, damaging strikes. Yeah. Like why, why not just make it some kind of innate rule where if you have, you know, I don't know, put a number on it. 15, 20, 30 seconds of dominant control time, that's a point. That counts as a significant strike point. Something. Yeah. Um, I think like, just having, yeah, more categories. If it's if it's a, a jujitsu exchange, then maybe you kind of adopt some of that scoring or you have a, a BJJ-like score there. That's like, okay, this is how I would score yeah, this have exchange. one guy that's proficient in BJJ Perfect. and let him just score the BJJ exchange. It's sort of the grappling exchanges in general. Like, yeah. You could even apply it to wrestling as well in a way. Yes. Like you same, can. same, like same just concept overall, applies. Over encompassing yeah. grappling, right? Like yeah. if, if uh, just to the same, like the same juxtaposition, right? Like if you jump on top of me, right? Like you blast power, double me, you're dominating me on the top. 
But then after 30 seconds, 35 seconds of you being in a dominant position on top, to your point, you throw a Donkey Kong style hammer fist and I catch your wrist. I get two on ones and I'm able to sweep into a more dominant position myself. It's a well, reversal point on you. And then now that's I'm, what in I'm a, saying. Yeah, like if you got position, one point so. for, for that 30 seconds of control time, I get a point for a sweep. I get a point for, tra- for like a dominant transition mm-hmm. or rather d- transitioning into a dominant position. Like mm-hmm. there, there just should be more grappling proficiency. And, and if there's not ever going to be like, let's just fucking switch to Muay Thai guys. Like what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Come on. If we don't, if we don't like grappling, like, and we're just going to stand them up. <laughs> then yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, then what is let's do kickboxing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I agree with that. I think there should maybe, I honestly, I think it's a good idea is have some sort of BJJ score and a wrestling score or a judo, whatever it is. Right. I mean, maybe have a specialist there and they could give the judges, Hey, this is how I would score that exchange. Let's get like 10 judges and like each of them have some kind of different proficiency or background in, in martial arts. Mm -hmm. Like you got a karate point karate guy. You got a point TKD guy. You got a Muay Mm -hmm. Thai judge. Like you've, you've and then obviously judo boxing judo. or whatever, boxing, right? Okay, yeah. I could I could at least judge these exchanges, or this is how I'd weight this or that, you know, significant or not. And honestly, I'd love to see that. Like, could you imagine mm-hmm. you've got like your Muay Thai guys just like there with their notepads, like taking their notes. You've got your fucking karate uh, point coach just like. Yep. You got a Gracie there and his gi on the side, just scoring. Like, oh, this is how I would you know judge these exchanges. Honestly, I mean, like it it would add, it would even add more to the spectacle than is the UFC, in my opinion. I think, I think mm -hmm. we're on to something here, Nano. I like it. We're evolving the game, brother. That's what we're here to do. Or eventually just have some AI or have some robots doing it. Then if you don't want to pay people, Dana can afford some robots, probably. (laughs) Dana can definitely afford some robots, bro. Can we get (laughs) AI up in this bitch? Come on. Come on. Drew over here saying Sal D'Amato doesn't need any help. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, Maybe not, I mean, but <laughs> you've, you've been a big Sal D'Amato, like ride or die fan for, for a while. So I can't hate on you for that. You know, love to see it. Love to see the, uh, the loyalty, um, you know, but now all are good rules all around. I'm excited for them. Yeah. And, and I hope they do this more often, you know, maybe little revisions, little improvements. It Never hurt nobody. Mm-hmm. Should be a yearly by year by yearly thing of some sort. Love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, I think it definitely needs to happen. Um, and, Again, like if these types of things happened more often, it would just make more sense, man. Like, and it can be like based on situations that happen. You know, the NFL yes. is really good at that. They, you know, if if uh, that's my point. Like, we need to adapt to the like situation. They literally change the rules. Situations happen. Exactly. New things arise, and then it's like, hey, we could avoid this. We didn't like how this worked. Let's add a rule around it, or let's make let's avoid this from happening. That you know, the NFL or NBA are good at doing things like that as well. So maybe the UFC can adopt a little bit of that. Obviously, it depends, right? Um, hey, even something like that twelve by six, you know, like like you know, a John Jones, where that's his only loss is you know due to a technicality like that. Um, yeah, maybe some of that stuff can get cleared out. But hey, love the sport. I won't be mad either way. But I think these are great revisions. Fun fact: Do you know the story behind why the twelve to six elbow is illegal? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I love that I get to share this. All right, folks, gather around for story time. Amy, really hope you're still listening because this is going to be the dumbest MMA fact you've ever heard. (laughs) Um, So a bunch of guys are sitting around um, making the rules to MMA. Uh, They're they're the people that were commissioned to do this. And as they're coming up with these rules, 
one of the one of the guys at the table had obviously watched a lot of martial arts movies and martial arts demos. And he's all, um, I, I think that, you know, they're they're trying to decide on what strikes should be made illegal. Um, you know, no groin strikes, etc. Because back in the day, everything was illegal. They called it no holes barred fighting. So this dude says, you know, um, I've seen guys break like 25 bricks with an elbow like that. I think that that would just crack somebody's skull in half. That should be illegal. Um, so everybody else oh, at this no. highly qualified table oh, was no. like, you know what? He's right. I've seen bricks get broken <sighs> like this. I've seen the movies. I've seen the movies. So 12 to 6 elbows uh, from that day forth. Henceforth will be illegal. Um, yeah. That's, oh that's the gosh. real reason. You can look it up. But can't somebody throw like a... If, if someone's on the ground... Oh, you can't kick them, but can you throw like a heel like down, like a chopping? Yes, you like, can axe kick people. It's the same that's, concept. That, that's gonna break a thousand freaking yes. bricks. Then, well, come on. And like, also, like if you're on the ground, I can throw all like two hundred ish pounds of me on top of you with my fist into your face. Or, or like fucking what we saw uh, two weeks ago on Tough, the double Donkey Kong Vegeta fist to a downed yeah. opponent. That was disgusting. Yeah. I love it. Filthy. Vegeta was sitting cage side. It's over nine thousand. <laughs> like it was honestly, it was nasty. Oh, that was um, fantastic. I want. I. I'm embarrassed to say how many times I've watched that replay. It was so good. <laughs> I should save it just to pump myself up time to time. That was a good one. Dude, oh boy. So that, that was a that was a fun one. Uh, so yeah, all really good rules. All really good additions. Uh, remember, folks, don't throw twelve to six elbows. That's how you crack skulls and bricks. Twenty five of them. At a time. Um, Stick to the Donkey Kong punches. <laughs> if the you can hit the double, you can hit the single, you can you can hit the, the separated double, the clasp fist double. There's so many ways you can do it. Everyone's doing it. What's this? What's the kick that you kind of like? You throw it up and then it comes back down. It's an axe it's kick. Axe kick. There we go. So, like straight up and then it comes right down. Yeah, you catch him on the forehead with your heel. <laughs> Rock Lee did Gravity. that in Naruto on uh, Gata in the tuning oh, exams. Sick. Like season four. It was incredible. Probably okay. one of the best seasons of the original Naruto show. Let's go. Um, shout know, out. Uh, shout out. Shout out to Drew, who um, binged all of Naruto and is uh, just trucking on through uh, Shippuden at this point. There we go. There we go. Love, you love to hear it, baby. Love to see it. Um, so, yeah. You heard it first here. Uh, we broke a couple news things, uh, some some short notice fights, and you could definitely bet on us being here again on Thursday, same time, same place. Whether you like to watch us on Twitch, YouTube, uh, whether you're listening to this the next day or whenever I upload this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I delay a little bit on the podcast audio only version, but hey, no matter where you're tuning in, we appreciate you being here. We can't wait to see you later in the week or whenever you decide to listen. And uh, until then, folks. Keep the passion for martial arts alive, man. We fucking love you, folks. Let's go.